Hey, Dave, it's been a while. It has been a while. We got to get back on this more regularly. Yeah, we've been uh, we've been pretty busy, guys. I noticed that Ernest Slam Dunk Ernest was our most listened to one. Oh yeah, Transformers not so much. I didn't promote it as much as I should have. I apologize because I know now we are on iTunes. Yeah, we made it to iTunes finally. So if you're on iTunes, find us so that I can because I'm not on iTunes. So I don't know how to find the link, but we're on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. And this yeah. is the other movies. The other movies. The other Welcome, welcome back on this chilly day. It's a Sunday. It's a beautiful 14, 15 degrees outside right now. September 9th. I love it. I it's, hate um, it. Time for fall, time for sweaters, and that, that's all I really care about at this point. I, uh, I was out late last night. I was at a bachelor party. I stayed in all night, so I'm, I'm quite chipper today. Well, I'm feeling rough from last night, but I'm also feeling rough from watching yet another terrible movie. Which sequels have we liked so far? I think that's a better question. I like Slam Dunk Ernest. That's it? Yeah. I haven't, I haven't liked a single one yet. Well, oh, Bill and Ted. There we go. Bill and Ted was good. Yeah. That was our... That was our I, think, I think we need to watch movies that we like after horrible train wrecks. Yeah, we got to pull it up because we watched Jaws the Revenge. Which is Jaws 4. Yeah, the fourth one in the, the Na- series. 1987, directed by uh, Joseph Sargent. I don't know who that is, but nope. Here we go. Yeah. Maybe. So, um, what happens? What? How, how does the movie kick off? <laughs> down it, down it, down it, down. So the movie kicks off with uh, where it's Christmas in New England, perfect shark weather. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I, I'll just I'll, like I'll have to agree with you on that. Is one. shark really is Jaws? No, I want to point out Jaws died in the original. I don't know what happened in two and three. I know three has nothing to do with this one. It was just called 3D. But this one is connected to the first one, which is something. And I remember the first one a little bit from 75. And I know that there's that classic scene at the start, and they tried to recreate it. But what I don't like is Jaws is swimming up to Amity Island, New England, and he keeps popping his head literally out of water. Like, sharks don't do that. Why is this just for a camera effect? Like it's supposed to be Jaws, but the, the it goes like from the bottom of the dirty New England water and then it pops its head out like he's coming into town knowing that... Like he's like a whale or something, getting some air? Yeah, but it, maybe it's his fin. Maybe we're pretending to be on his fin. I don't know. Yeah, probably. It's probably his fin. Because that, that's a classic scene too, right? Is having the fin pop out? Yeah, so it starts with that classic scene and then cut to uh, Ellen... Brody, who is the late, is that what he called, late wife? Uh, the widow. The widow of uh, Chief Martin Brody, who was played by Roy Schneider in the original, and he's the guy that helped Richard Dreyfuss's character kill the shark initially. Um, and her youngest son, Sean, is uh, the police chief, and it's Christmas Eve or something. Yeah, I don't, so I thought at first this was going to be a Christmas movie. Me too. And I'm, it kind of is. They... They do a really bad job at uh, making it feel Christmassy. Yeah, because so, there's nothing. Not, something about Jaws and Christmas. It's just like no, you know, like in Japan, I was there and they had they drizzled chocolate on French fries, and it tastes good for like two bites, and then you realize what am I eating? And this was this movie like what am I watching? Like yeah, 
So the police chief gets a call to to head out to the water to fix a buoy. Yeah, there's a there's a log on a buoy, and the fishermen are coming in from the last minute. I think it's around Christmas because they fly down somewhere else for Christmas. So it's like yeah, the the days leading up to Christmas. It's almost Christmas, and she goes, "Don't do it," because uh, Ellen Brody, who's played by Lorraine Page, I think, right? Yep. She's uh, on edge because both of her boys got into aqua-related businesses. Well, not really. Well, no, the police chief, like, because they live on an island, right? Yeah, they live on an island, and uh, fishing's a big deal. Yeah. And uh, one of the the markers coming into the town, there's a, a log causing it to kind of go underwater, so the fishermen don't know the safe way to enter the harbor. But I work around boats a lot, and I think... If they're from the island, they know how to get in. Like, it, it could have waited. What if they're just, like... Maybe there's some visitors. Yeah, so yeah. he has to get the log off this buoy, the marker buoy. And he goes out there, and he's trying to get it off. And out of nowhere, a shark-like object that Jim Henson <laughs> even would be upset with comes out of the water. This is a, it is an absolutely terrible fake shark. And immediately rips his entire arm off. And he falls into the boat. He's like, oh, my God. And you can see him just holding his real arm. Like, they've just... They like taped his arm to the side of his it body. It just looks so fake. Yeah. And then Jaws, like, bites the boat so that he can get at him. And the boat sinks and he kills him. Like, I, I don't know how many sharks can take out a boat. And mo- well, these boats are all made of, like, wood, but, like... Coast Guard boats are probably made out of like some reinforced metal. Yeah, I don't, I don't really. Well, would it be a Coast Guard boat though? Maybe they're just a really small community. They don't have a lot of funding. Well, he's a police chief. It should be. I don't. It know. should be a nicer boat. I it get should be a saying. nicer boat. Like a shark shouldn't be able to bite through it and sink it immediately, and it rips him up. Right, he's dead. Yeah, but this shark's getting revenge, right? <sighs> Allegedly, <laughs> it's called Jaws: The Revenge. Uh, right, so it, it kills him. He dies. That's how we kick off the movie. He's a dead cop. Well, I knew this movie was doomed from the first scene uh, when you meet the two and they're talking, uh, Ellen and her son, Sean, the police chief, because they open it up and they did a product placement for Hine, not for Hunt's ketchup. Listen, I don't trust this family or the producers if they don't even got Hines money here. <laughs> What's Hunt's ketchup? Exactly. It's not Hines. And the, anyways... So, just like that, all of a sudden, on Christmas Eve, the mother has to go identify his body and, uh, you know, and take his things. Like, Merry fucking Christmas, right? Yeah, she gets some serious PTSD because her husband died from the shark. A shark. Not the same shark. A shark. Which I think is implying that she thinks this is a shark coming out to get revenge. I wonder if this is all just in her head. Like, like, are they just being terrorized by sharks? And she thinks they're all related, but she thinks, like, it's not a coincidence. I mean, how often does a person who gets attacked by a shark continuously get attacked by sharks? Maybe the family tastes really good. <laughs> that, that, that particular bloodline. Yeah, the Heinz uh, bloodline isn't strong. They're a Hunt's blind bloodline. <laughs> I don't know. So anyways, uh, her other son, older brother, Mike who lives in the Bahamas as a research scientist, comes up and convinces her, uh, don't stay on this island alone for Christmas. Your son is dead. 
your husband, my father's dead. Come to the Bahamas because, uh, you know, that's a perfect place Let's to do it. G- Just get, get, out of, get out of town. Let's go from one island to another island yeah. because you're afraid of the water. Yeah, I mean, you're afraid of sharks. So let's go from a freshwater, implausible situation to, uh, you know, a saltwater, very possible situation of running into sharks. It makes the most sense to me. Like, I, I, I would treat my mother that way too. So she says, I want you to get a new job. I don't want you to be in the water. And there's a flashback to the 1975 movie uh, where the chief uh, Barton Brody, Roy Schneider, is, is looking at the little boy and sort of patting his head. And I wrote, that was the best acting in this movie, <laughs> is the flashback. They, they cut a lot of flashbacks into this movie. But the flashbacks are just like, what do they call when they just show? It's archive footage. <laughs> yeah, archive footage of Jaws. It's, it's pretty, yeah, it's good. So they end up uh, going to the Bahamas. Now, I've been to the Bahamas. Uh, Bahamas is very close and near and dear to my heart, and I hope that the Bahamian people that I knew didn't tell me about this movie because it has become somewhat of a secret that it even existed. Yeah, I feel like it's extremely insulting to the people of the Bahamas. Is it the Bahamas or just Bahamas? It's the Bahamas. Okay. Turk. It's just Turks and Caicos, but it's the Bahamas. Right. So they fly from New England to the Bahamas, and guess who the pilot is? It's uh, Michael Caine. A.K.A. Hoagie something. Hoagie the Bombardier. I uh, I don't have anything, comments really on this, but are you going to get to later on why he did this fucking movie? I have speculation as to why he did this movie. I did hear a quote. Someone told me a quote when I said I did this. They said something to the f- tune of Michael Caine said, I haven't seen Jaws 4, The Revenge, but I have seen The House It Bought, and it's fantastic. That is a phenomenal quote. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad he can make jokes like that about this film, because he this is probably the worst Michael Caine acting I've ever seen. And he was like an actor by this time, in 87, right? He had, yeah, he's established. <sighs> he's the only big, like, okay, the big names in this movie would be Lorraine Gary, because she was in the first one. Right, and okay. Michael Caine. So she was in the first... So I don't know what happened in Jaws 2, and I know Jaws 3, I think it's in Florida or something. It's just 3D, but this movie, I'll at least admit, however terrible it is, it really is a sequel. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Yeah. But it's very weird. So they end up in the Bahamas. Yeah, so uh, her older son, Mike, his wife, Carla, and their five-year-old daughter, Thea, they come They come for the funeral, and then they encourage her to go to the Bahamas. Yeah. Um and you find out that Mike works with uh, Jake. He's a local Bahamian. <laughs> Do you know who the actor is? I wrote down his name. And I went through his shit on his IMDb. And like, I don't recognize any of the oh. other things he's played. Yeah, Mario Van Peebles. He was a big sort of like actor in the mid-90s. He worked, I think, with Spike Lee and stuff. It looked like he did a lot of TV, too. Yeah. And his father was famous. And his father makes a cameo in this movie as uh, the... Bahamian, whatever town they're in as the mayor. Oh, nice. Yeah. they've So Mike, which is her son, and Jake, who is uh, Mario Van Peebles, who has a just a terrible Bahamian accent because he is not from the Bahamas. Yeah, it was, oh my God, he dropped A after like every sentence. It was more like a generic Caribbean Patois accent, but I don't know. I don't. It was a bad accent. He did it very poorly. And they, uh, they're both research scientists, and they're studying conch. Uh, I didn't realize that conch were snails. 
they that's keep, what, that's yeah, what this movie taught me. They keep saying snails. I uh, I know they're delicious. I've eaten them as a fritter. I've eaten them fried. Uh, and I've also had them raw, right from the ocean, cut up into like a salad. And I've eaten, eaten a conch. Uh, I guess they... I've eaten a conch penis. Um, because apparently it's a local delicacy and an aphrodisiac. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Did it work? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyways, um, they're studying conch. So he has to dive, right? They're on like a little boat and then they have, I guess, like some sort of flotilla thing like that they can. Yeah, it's like a little car they drive underwater. Yeah, they have like a little mini sub. Yeah. And then they have, I guess, like a research, I don't know what you want to call it, structure. It's in the water. So they dive a lot. Um, and she, the mom, is just hanging out with her granddaughter, and Michael Caine just keeps showing up randomly and creepy, like on a boat, or he'll fly in, and uh, he's got a thing for her. And she goes, "I know he's coming back. Let's go for a ride in your plane." Like he, who's coming back? Michael Caine's thinking. She doesn't want to say. <laughs> she thinks and somehow knows that a shark that killed her son. And possibly the same lineage killed her husband is coming to the Bahamas to kill them. I don't know how she knows this. She has like this shark sense. Like she should have been on Shark Week if she can do this. Yeah. I think I saw in her credits that she's actually in the second and third movies as well. Really? Yeah. I think. Hold on. I'm going to double check that. But that would make the plot kind of make more sense because then she'd be in like three other situations where sharks attack her or her family. Okay. Well, if that's the case, then maybe she's... She doesn't trust it. So Michael Caine, he's a sweet, retired, but he's a gambler. He lives in the Bahamas. Uh, it makes sense, though. A lot of people move to the Bahamas because it's a tax haven. Sean Connery's been there for years, mm-hmm. uh, I think, to get a way of paying somebody, maybe alimony or taxes. But you can live in the Bahamas like as a tax haven. I don't know if still, but for sure you used to be able to. And uh, Should we go? It's pretty sweet there. I wouldn't go to the main island. Uh like Nassau and stuff. Uh, I went to an island called Eleuthera. It was beautiful. There's lots of nice smaller islands that we could go and just... Lenny Kravitz has a recording studio on the island of Eleuthera because I think he's... He might be half Bahamian um, and Jewish, but he I know he just loves it out there. Like, it's just beautiful out there. Anyways, they're uh, doing research and they friggin' see this shark, this great white shark. And yeah, he, Jake sees it, and he gets all stoked about it. Yeah, yeah, because he's like a great white shark here, and it actually attacks. It. The, Michael, the son, has just kind of got his feet dangling in the water, and uh, Jake's swimming, uh, like underneath, getting conk, and he sees this gigantic styrofoam shark. And he goes, oh, my God, something's coming, and he tries to get back to the floating research station which is metal and the shark tries to attack mike and mike only and takes a bite out of it and all of a sudden it's made of wood like it's just ridiculous this movie like mike's scared he's kind of spooked about it because you know his father died by a shark attack his brother just died of a shark attack and jake's like yo we need to research this fish because sharks don't really come to the warm sea here yeah he's like like they're both research scientists on a grant and they're studying conch, and conch is important. Conch, actually, it's sad. Conch, they have to get to like 20, 30 years old before they're big enough to harvest to eat. So, you know, and they're endangered. So, like, we're, 
I think it. I think I'm okay with Bahamians eating it, but I don't really think that they should harvest it on mass production for tourists. I, I'm serious about that because I don't want you know North American tourists to deplete a local delicacy and some locals to make a buck out yeah, of selling it to them. Any any mass production, any like uh, what's it called, aqua agriculture, that kind of that stuff really bad for the surrounding environments. Yeah, like if you're looking at like. Uh, the salmon farms, stuff like that. You'd have like conch farms because you'd want them to grow like kind of in isolation, like cattle. Yeah. And like, but the cattle, you could probably harvest the cattle after what, two, three years? Conch, yeah. you need to times that by 10. Oh, that's how long they take. Yeah. You can't eat them oh. until they're about 30 years old. Okay. That's what's sad about them. Cause, yeah, that makes sense. And I've seen them. <sighs> I've, the way they do it is they take a machete and they hit the one end, which is kind of their air hole, and they get scared, and they come out of the shell. And then you get them, and they're cute. They got little eyes. They're, they are like a big little snail. Like it's, and then there's like, you know, where there's restaurants in the Bahamas, there's like conch graveyards, which is these giant. You know what conch shells are, guys? You know those ones where you hold the seashell up to your ear, yeah. and you can hear the ocean? That's a conch shell, and actually it's illegal to bring those back, at least to Canada, I think anywhere uh but everyone's seen someone's house with one of those and they sometimes glaze them and paint them because they're beautiful they're pink on the inside and stuff yeah anyways they're uh going back to the movie because we're supposed to do the <laughs> plot quicker um jake's girlfriend is having a birthday at the casino so obviously you see hoagie there just gambling Gamb- hundreds of dollars just a, he's a big time gambler he's man. A, he's a, he says he's gonna have to work until he dies because he loves to play craps you know yeah and uh, Ellen, Ellen or Elaine? Elaine? Uh, e- I forget. L L E N. Is that Ellen? Ellen. Ellen uh, sees him and he's like, "Do you want to? Do you want to throw them for good luck?" She's like, "No, it's good." He's like, "Well, you're my good luck," and he throws like a snake eyes and everyone loses. It's like he, stupid. How was that charming? He just lost a bunch of money in front of her. I know, and she's like, "Wow, this and guy's she's into a- it." Like she, she's into him afterwards still. And then he takes her, and they start like kind of dancing, and. They're trying to have a nice time. Jake's there with his girlfriend having a birthday thing. And Mike's just looking at him. He's like, I don't know about that guy. You know, like, I think that guy's up to no good with my mom. <laughs> and she, but she's become smitten by Hoagie. And she goes, listen, if you stop bothering me about this guy, I'll stop bothering you about quitting the diving business. So they have an understanding, yeah. right? I don't like that you dive. But he's you, hiding shit on her. Yeah. What's he hiding? The fact that they're tracking the shark. Yeah. But she has this, she keeps having these weird feelings. Yeah, she's getting like premonitions about a, like a forthcoming shark attack. And her son, her son kind of has like that late 80s shaggy hair and a long beard. I've been to the Bahamas. Like, seems un, impractical to, to just have such long shaggy hair and a beard in the Bahamas. To me, that says he's been there for a long time and just hasn't had his hair cut. Yeah. So he's hiding this. Like she, her and Hoagie go on a date to a local island where they have, uh, they go to a festival and um, they bring Thea, right? Yeah. And while, while they're at this festival, they run into the shark again and she can sense it in the same, like at real time, like flash, like, like they're seeing the shark and then she's like, oh my God, what's happening? So they decide to, um, make a tracking device. 
Remember this? Where they're going to they're gonna bait the shark to come. Oh, this is Jake and, uh, yeah. and Michael. Yeah, Jake yeah, yeah. and Mike make a tracking device with their local help to bait the shark. So they actually like get like a... They've got chum. Yeah, they got like a rope and they... He has like this spear and this... I don't know what you want to call it. Like a tracking device. I don't know. Yeah. And that's all that's the only way I can describe it is that they just put a tracking device on the shark uh just so they can, you know, study it while they should be studying the conch. Yeah. And sure enough, the shark comes, but only kind of when Michael's around and they jam it and it goes away and it's a really close call, but they're all excited because they, they look on this machine and it's a primitive machine that just kind of shows like a heart rate. Like boop, boop, and it when it goes faster. The shark is closer. And he goes back to the house, like, pretending nothing's going on. And his daughter is there. There's a heartwarming scene where he's looking at her like, should I be doing this? Because he's looking at his daughter and he's making faces. And they're drink- drinking Miller Lite in the Bahamas, which is a travesty because they've got amazing <laughs> local beer. Though Kalik started in 88, probably after they saw this movie. And they're like, man, we got to get our own beer. They're drinking Miller Lite. And then... He sees his mother and he still doesn't say anything. I feel like that's shady. Like she knows what's up. He's hiding this from his family, you know? Yeah, because well, he's hiding it from everybody because they shouldn't be studying the shark anyways, right? Their grant says that they should be studying conch. Yeah. And they don't really have defenses against a great white plus. It's tried to attack them. And the Bahamas is there's a lot of people swimming and a lot of unknowledgeable people, plus if a great white hasn't been seen in the Bahamas. The locals wouldn't assume that. I've seen hammerheads in the Bahamas and stuff, but great whites, you know? So cut to Mike's uh, diving again. He's in um in that little, what do you want to call it? Mini sub, and he's getting it, and you hear that. And he sees it. He's like, holy shit. And um, Jake kind of sees the... The the machine go off. Like, what's this thing that I'm looking at right here? What that's is a, the VUs and the compressor? Yeah, that's kind of like, it's like, beep, 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 beep. Like, it, it, it gets big. And and Michael's like, oh, my God. And sh- the shark sort of attacks him underwater. And he has to swim to an abandoned, like, ship. Like a, a shipwreck. Yeah. And. <laughs> I forgot the scene was in the movie. And then Jaws, Jaws's son or whatever you want to call it, he, um. He follows them right, right in, right in the ship. And actually, wherever they filmed it, it was pretty, pretty good. But the shark swimming kind of looks like so fake. It just, it looks like somebody's in it. Yeah, there's the, the sharks were really bad in this movie. So he swims, uh, and you can see the shark has like stitches on his fin where they've just put it together, like, like I. It looked like they had just made the shark that day. And um, he gets so scared because the shark's like just pounding through everything. So he takes off his tank, which is crazy, puts it upside down, opens it up, and it fires him to the surface of the water. And they get him out of there just in time. Of course, just in time. We're not even like halfway to the movie yet. I think we are. Oh, we're at the halfway mark now? Yeah. And Mike is obviously traumatized. He's like, holy shit, this shark is after me. Because it hasn't attacked anybody else. And the shark's probably like, all right, I can't get the mic right now. So cut to a scene where the mayor, which is Mario Van Peebles' father, Jake's father in real life, 
They're doing an art unveil for Carla. Carla is his wife. Carla, uh, we forgot to mention Carla. She's a nice girl, and she does art. She does steel, steel yeah, sculpting. Like, like really cool modern art, even for today's standards. So modern steel art, probably from like shipwrecks and stuff. And it looked like a set of jaws. It looked, yeah, it looked like a skeleton of a shark's face. And they're doing an unveil downtown. And she's just upset because Jake her, uh, and Mike aren't there. And they promised they'd be there. Little does she know they've, he's just been attacked by a shark. And um, her daughter's like, Mom, can I go on the banana boat? Which is like, they uh, get in a jet boat. And they tow the girls behind it on like a big banana thing. You know, and they're holding onto it. Yeah, I read, I read one of the user's synopsis of uh, this movie on IMDb. And they were like, Thea gets on a banana boat, and then comma, a boat that is shaped like a banana, comma. I was like, oh, thanks. I needed that. I needed that description. Yeah. And do you remember what happens when they get on the banana boat? Yeah, so the, the shark attacks, uh, misses Thea, and it hits the girl sitting at the back of the banana boat and takes her out. Yeah. And yeah, and that's when, uh, that's when Ellen is like, I told you, sharks are coming after us. And, and uh, Ellen, the mom, is, yeah, freaking so she does the most irresponsible thing anyone can do without any local knowledge of the sea. With uh, probably very little sailing knowledge, too. Yeah. She runs to Mike's house, takes his sailboat, and decides to go out into sea by herself to finally, what? Kill the shark. Yeah, but like, how is she going to do it? It's she's, crazy. She's losing her mind at this point. And... Uh, Mike gets back, and she, she's like, I'm mad at you. You didn't come to my art show. And he's like, what's the matter with you? He's like, and he finally says the shark attack. Like, she's like, and a shark tried to attack your daughter. He goes, the same shark? She goes, what do you mean? You knew about this? And, and she should be rightfully upset. It's like, you knew there was a shark attacking people. You didn't tell them, and it almost killed our daughter. He goes, where's my mother? Where's my mother? And he realizes she took the boat. So they are in a little tin boat trying to f- catch up to her. And Hoagie's like, what are you doing? You're never going to catch up with her? Come on. And they take his plane. He's just got like, a, you know, a little eight-seater plane. And they're flying to see her. And I guess when they find her, they're going to radio, radio, I don't know. They're going to try to get help from somebody. Yeah. But then they find her and they decide, you know what? Help can't get there quick enough. We're going to have to land... No, they see the fin of the shark in the water, don't they? So they have to land the plane in the water. Oh, God. Yeah. So they they crash. They crash the plane in the water just so they can get on the boat. Um, Michael Caine kind of goes down with the airplane. With the plane, yeah. And the shark attacks the airplane. Yep. And they get on and they're all sad. And then all of a sudden, Michael Caine is climbing up the side of the boat. So I don't know how that old man had all that. It was, a good, it was the old switcheroo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was a, he's a great swimmer for an old man. The shark comes to attack, and Jake has put together this device. Now, I think this device is a bomb that can be detonated through... Contact. Contact, or and also they have... Um, yeah, so he wants to put the bomb in his mouth, and the shark comes up to attack, and Jake jams it in his mouth, and he does it. Um, and what they want to do is they want the shark to come out of the water and I guess the impact of the shark coming back into the water will set off the bomb. So they're firing electronic, some sort of pulse at the shark to piss it off. Yeah. 
you know? So, and that's when he gets, like, he gets the bombs into the shark. Yeah. Into or onto? Does he strap them onto the shark? In his mouth. But right. while doing so, Jake had to go to, like, the the nose of the, the, the boat. Yeah. And so the shark takes Jake out. It, like, the bow spirit, it's called. And Jake, it takes Jake down, and there's blood, and you think Jake's, Jake's dead, right? Jake's yeah, gone. he's definitely dead. So... Mike's pissed. The boat's like damaged, and they're trying to like. Uh, thank God, Hoagie also is an engine expert on boats because he knows how to fix the engine. What doesn't? What can't Michael Caine do except for you know win at craps? Yeah, right. So they keep uh, blasting the shark with this thing, pissing it off, and it comes out of the water, and exposing itself. And I guess the they're gonna time it so that when the shark comes out of the water, pissed off from this this impulse. They're going to spear it with the broken bow spirit and hopefully hit the bomb and the bomb is going to explode. And by gosh, they do it. I wonder what the odds of that ever working would be, like a one in a trillion. I think we have to throw odds out when we're watching this movie. We have to, we have to severely suspend our disbelief to really understand this movie, to really get it, to really feel it, you know? And the bomb goes off, but it doesn't destroy the ship. No, but it destroys the shark. Yeah, but... Yeah. And the styrofoam corpse floats to the bottom. I'm really happy this is the last Jaws movie. They should do a remake. No, because they probably will at some point. But also, like, we should stop remaking movies. And I'm just glad... like I'm glad. All female cast remake Jaws. <laughs> just like Ghostbusters. <laughs> That's what I want to see. The shark's a woman. The- yeah, it's a female shark. Uh, and they're being... <laughs> and so that's the end of the movie, right? Well, so Jake, you hear like flapping around and Jake survives somehow. Oh, He's yeah, like, help me, man. And uh, they get him on and they come back and the scene ends with Hoagie taking Ellen in his plane, which I thought was destroyed, but maybe has another plane. And he flies her from the Bahamas back to New England. He just, got, he just got a bunch of planes. Yeah, the he, had good, he had good insurance on the other plane. That's what it was. This is his like tester plane. So that's the movie. Right. That's so, Jaws for the Revenge. It's not called Jaws for the Revenge. Jaws just the Jaws Revenge. the Revenge. Okay, the Bahamas. Jaws uh, the Revenge. Okay, the fourth one in the the canon. I'm sorry, the third one in the canon. The fourth one in the series. So, what do you give it? I give it um, one shark attack out of ten. Mm-hmm. I give it you you survive with minor scars shark attack that's what I give it yeah I think there was better special effects in Muppets Take Manhattan I think there was better special effects in the first Jaws yeah yeah like this is almost like what is it 12 13? 12 years later 12 years later they made this movie uh well, I I've got good news. I got a one out of five. One out of five. Um, and the only reason is Michael Caine doesn't deserve a zero. But yeah, he, he becomes the automatic one yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Michael um, Caine, you're the man, but... Yeah, I got some, I got some good news. What? Um, the budget for this film? Yeah. $23 million. Ooh. Pretty pricey. A little, a little bit expensive. Yeah. Right? $23 million, but the, the good news is that... Uh, I know they did hire local Bahamians, so it did help the economy. Want to know something even better? Why? Uh, $51.9 million at the box office. Oh, you bastards. 
You best. Some of these classic movies didn't make any money, and Jaws, The Revenge, made over $20 million. Oh, yeah. So this is actually the last film that Lorraine Gary was ever in. Uh, she actually retired after the second Jaws movie, and then she came back to do this one. She retired and came back just to solidify her death of her film career. They, um, they had nine months to write and produce this movie. Yeah, apparently it was the quickest. It's like one of the quickest turnarounds the producers had ever friggin' seen, you know, especially a movie of this caliber. Uh, yeah. I wrote down that. Uh, so it was filmed on location in both uh, New England and the Bahamas. And so just proving the fact that Michael Caine wanted a paid vacation. That's it. That's, That's all it. Got. That's well, all I got on production. In an interview with the Boston Herald, Sergeant, who's uh, the the director, Joseph Sargent, called revenge a ticking time bomb waiting to go off. Sid Scheinberg, president of MCA, a parent company of Universal, expects a miracle, and we're going to make it happen, by gosh. Sargent got a call from Scheinberg in late September and asked him to direct the fourth Jaws movie, which had no script written. Yeah, that's Lorraine Gary's husband, too. <laughs> Sargent said... I don't have time to laugh because Sid explained he wanted to do a quality picture about human beings. When he told me, it's your baby, you produced and directed, I accepted. According to Sergeant Scheinberg's cut, cut through all the slow lanes and got Jaws the Revenge off and running. In 2006, so like 20 years later, Sergeant stated that the premise was born out of a little bit of a, a desperation to find something fresh to do with the shark. We thought maybe if we take a mystical point of view and go for a little bit of magic, we might be able to find something interesting enough to sit through. You didn't. You fucked up. <laughs> I'm sorry. The, uh, Lorraine Gary is uh, who Marty McFly's mother is named after. Oh. Yeah. Um, what's cool about that is nothing. Um, her husband, Sid uh, Scheinberg, as we just talked about, he produced a bunch of like B-list movies I've never heard of, but also The Pest. Ooh. Yeah, that's a that's a '90s classic. If you haven't seen it, uh, what's his name? John Legarzio. I forget how to say his name. I've never seen it. Uh, it's a good movie. It says the special effects team headed to the Bahamas um, a month before principal photography, and in the official press release, Miller stated that when he became involved, he didn't even have a script. But as the story developed, they started telling us what they wanted. I knew this wasn't going to be like any other shark anyone had ever seen. That's because it looked like crap. Uh, yeah, there were seven sharks made for this movie. And seven sharks. Yeah, so the other two, like the Jaws and Jaws 2, took over two years to make, considering like production of the shark, filming on location, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. This was done in nine months, and they made seven sharks in that nine months. So, like, it makes sense why they look like shit. To me, at least. And, like, it's acceptable as 80s shark, maybe. Probably not. It's 87, right? So, apparently there was a secret ending, a different ending. Do you know what? about this? No, I didn't know. Yeah. In the ending, in the original ending that was in the theater, theaters, Ellen rammed the shark with the boat, mortally wounding it. The shark then causes the boat to break apart from his death contortions, forcing the people on the boat to jump off and avoid going down with it. American audiences disapproved of this ending. A new ending was ordered and shot for foreign distribution with the shark getting stabbed with the bow spirit exploding with, and with Jake being wounded but found alive. This version oh, is what so Universal Jake was supposed used. supposed to die. Yeah, this, this version is what Universal used on the home media release. So oh. the original theatrical, Jake dies. They hit the 
the shark with no exp- no bomb, and he his c- convulsions of like I'm dying destroyed the boat. And I don't know. They were far out to sea. I don't know how they got to safety. How how did audiences dislike that? Like that that's people are dumb. Explosions don't make things better. Here's an even better thing about this ending. According to the Orange Coast magazine, reshooting the ending prevented Michael Caine from collecting his Academy Award for Hannah and her sisters in person. Other sources oh. claim that the reshoot ending began filming only five days after the movie was released and was intended for the version in Europe. One version can be seen on cable broadcast, while the other version is featured on home releases. The ending, the original ending, left filmgoers confused. In his scathing review of the film, Roger Ebert said that he cannot believe that the director, Joseph Sargent, would film this final climactic scene so incompletely that there was not even an establishing shot so we have to figure out what happened on the basis of empirical evidence. Eber, you're you're so harsh on these motherfuckers. He's not wrong though. I would, but I still would have liked to see that ending. I wish I had that ending and you had like a different ending. That would have been good. Yeah. So I don't. Do, do you have any other uh, what people reviewed it? Uh, not what they reviewed it. No. I just got like, I just put connections together of uh, cast members. Sure. Let's hear those. But I'll, I I got reviews. Yeah. You... Let's go for. Uh, let's do few more reviews okay so jaws uh, the revenge received negative reviews from critics it currently has a zero percent rotten tomatoes rating based that's on, our lowest based on 34 reviews that is our lowest rated movie um with an average rating of two out of ten the critical consensus is illogical tension free and filled with cut rate special effects uh the revenge is a sorry chapter in a once proud fa- franchise it is one of the few films in the Rotten Tomatoes to receive a zero. I can't believe we did it. We reviewed a zero percent. And like, I agree. This is the first time I've agreed with Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Um, so Elaine, I, gave, I gave it a better review than they did. I gave it a, a one out of five just because of Michael Caine, you know? Yeah. And the average is two out of 10. So I gave it the average shit rating. Yep. Gary, actually, Elaine Gary, uh, Lorraine Gary. Would it, yeah, yeah, that's her name. She got nominated for a Saturn Award for Best Actress for her performance, but also a Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Actress. And it's rated by Entertainment Weekly as one of the top 25 worst sequels ever made. What's, sorry, what was the first award she was nominated for? Uh, a Saturn Award for Best Actress. What's a Saturn Award? Uh, there's not even a link to it, so I have no <laughs> idea. I hope that's just like a raspberry. Roger Ebert, to go into more detail, said, It's not simply a bad movie but also a stupid and incompetent one. And then he lists some, he says the bad, yeah, <laughs> including that Ellen is haunted by flashbacks to events where she was not even present. <laughs> <laughs> Eber joked that Kane could not attend the ceremony to accept blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we said that. And uh, many of the scenes are considered implausible, such as the shark swimming from Massachusetts to the Bahamas, which is 1,200 miles in less than three days. Somehow, in knowing that the Brody family went to the Bahamas or following Michael through an underwater labyrinth, as well as the implication of, a, of a, such a creature seeking revenge, the Independent pointed out that the film was riddled with inconsistencies and errors. Sharks cannot float or roar like lions. <laughs> the special effects were criticized, especially some frames of the shark being uh, speared by the boat 
and the mechanisms propelling the shark can be plainly seen in those shots, including like the styrofoam casings of his body when it floated to the ground. They just didn't give a crap. Nine months, man. They turned this around in nine months and they made a profit on it too. So like that's where the business of making movies really confuses me because this was a God awful movie. Henry Miller won worst visual effects at the Raspberry Awards for this movie. Nice. <laughs> I feel bad for the guy because I'm sure he's done good work somewhere. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know his line of work very well. Oh, uh, Judith Barcy. You know who that is? Who? Judith Barcy. No. That is the little girl who plays Thea. Oh. She voiced Ducky in Land Before Time. <gasps> we should do Land Before Time. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Oh, uh, wait. I was thinking the ending, never ending story. Land Before Time. That was a good one. Yeah, it was a great movie. They made like a million sequels of that, too. Yeah. Hey, we haven't done an animated film yet. No, we haven't. Um, we'll, we'll figure it out. Suggest us animated films. Whoever's listening, if you've made it this far, I have the Joseph Sargent. He directed a movie called The Night That Panicked America. And what it did, that film was like a a retelling of the events that happened in Orson Welles' War of the Worlds. So it was like a dramatization of, yeah, Orson Welles' War of the Worlds. Really? Yeah. I'm not sure if it was like people listening to it and freaking out or if it was like, this is it. Like, you know the War of the Worlds movie? Yeah. I don't know if it's like that or if it's like a movie about people freaking out about hearing War of the Worlds. I just don't, they don't make bad movies like this anymore, do they? Like, (laughs) Was, I think they, they make so many of them so often that we couldn't, couldn't like, keep up. Like people, here's the thing though. They make bad movies like Sharknado 1, 2, and 3, which, oof. And they're supposed to be bad movies. Yeah. Though. But this movie um, went to theaters and people trusted the franchise enough. They were like, you know what? Jaws was a good, Jaws was a great movie. One of the best. That's definitely how they turned a profit. It's yeah. just because of the name. Of this movie. That's like them, you know, I was worried they were starting to do that with like Terminator franchise, you know? Yeah. I, I actually haven't watched anything past Terminator 2. I've never seen anything other than Terminator, like 1 and 2, that's it. Yeah, good. So I should keep it that way? <laughs> yeah, it's like I stopped watching Dexter, the season that John Lithgow was in it, and everyone's like, good, <laughs> good. You, like you've stopped at, at a perfection. But he usually improves everything he's on. Exactly. So, uh, do you remember? Do you know of a comedian named Richard Jenny? No. He, he apparently uh, had a very popular stand-up bit, uh, and in his routine, he suggested the title of the film should be called "Here's a Fish, You're Stupid," <laughs> instead of the official Jaws for the Revenge, and calling the film itself a movie so stupid you couldn't be stupid enough to enjoy it. That's good. I think uh, there's a local comedian, uh, Anthony Malakis, and he has a Jaws bit. I wonder if it's. I wonder if he's seen Jaws 4. Shout out to Anthony. Mario Van Peebles. Yeah. Um, is actually a pretty well-known director. He did the he directed the um remake of Roots. Oh, cool. Yeah, so not like the original, not the cool Roots, but the remake of I haven't seen the remake. So maybe it might be good. I don't know. It's 2016. And he uh he directed it. Um yeah, Lance Glass, who plays Michael, he was in Halloween 2 which is a good one. We're going to do that one for sure. Yeah, let's do that. Um, and he had a small role in Dallas in 1981, the TV show Dallas. He was student. He was student. Yeah. Good, good for you, Lance Glass. Congratulations on your acting career. 
So remember I said he, um, Michael Caine, kind of did this just for the paycheck. I wonder if his, I wonder if he actually has a gambling problem. Because apparently, <laughs> uh, I'm serious, like, did they just write, like, Michael Caine was playing himself, but a pilot. Yeah, he was just on vacation, man. Because it says, this is one of the British, uh, one of the British screen legends, Michael Caine's notorious, quote, paycheck pictures, along with the Swarm 78, uh, Ashanti 79, Beyond the Poseidon Adventure 79, the hand and blame it on Rio. When Kane was asked about the movie, he says, "I've never seen." Yeah, I mentioned that. He's uh, never seen it. So I think we've done a lot of the. Oh, the original uh, police chief, uh, you know Roy, Roy Schneider, like uh, her husband. He was offered a cameo but declined, stating, uh, "Satan himself cannot make, get me to do Jaws 4. Reportedly, if Schneider had accepted the bit part, the shark would have killed his character at the start of the movie. The end result has Schneider in the film through archive footage from the original, and he was pissed. Well, they had the rights to do that, right? It was the same production company that made Jaws 1. So I'd be like, yeah, sure, he could be pissed, but it's not like they did anything wrong using it. So apparently they named the shark. The shark's name was Bruce in the credits. So Wasn't that the name of the, the shark in the first one? Not like... Not of the shark in the movie, but of like the uh, the fake shark they used. Didn't they call it Bruce on set? Yeah. And Mario Van Peebles wrote his own part because the movie was so bad. He just tried what? to make yeah. He tried to make it better. Uh, Mario. <laughs> yeah. And you did the worst accent of all time. Ugh. Like it's up there. It's up there with like offending accents. It's like who was it? Richard? Uh, no, not Richard Lewis. Fuck, I forget the, the comedian who plays the Chinaman in uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. The guy who voices Iago? Have you ever seen Breakfast at Tiffany's? No. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Maybe it's Richard Lewis. Jerry Lewis, that's his name. Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lewis. I'm pretty sure it's Jerry Lewis. Plays an extremely offensive Chinese guy. I mean, at least Mario was black, so it worked out. Wow. So, hey, can we, Dave, I noticed that when we have a movie that we hate, yeah, it's kind of funny to others, but I enjoy it slightly less. <laughs> Do you think, can someone out there in the land of the podcast world, we mentioned um, animated sequels, but is there any sequel that you enjoy? Yeah, give us a good sequel. Yeah, that we like, because right now it's called The Other Movies, but they don't all have to be just terrible movies. It, I think... I think it's just because sequels are generally terrible movies. Well, here's the thing. There's a few sequels that aren't. Here's some examples. The Godfather Part 2. Terminator Part 2. The Empire Strikes Back. There's a lot of good examples. We should do something like that. There's got to be something out there that people go, you know what was better? Like this sequel. Godfather 2 might be the best example ever. Terminator 2. Terminator 1 is great, but Terminator 2. Yeah, it was, it was next level. I, um, and you can watch Terminator 2 with no context of Terminator 1. Yeah. You won't get a lot of the, the relationship, but you can still watch it without context. Like you don't understand why the kid's so important specifically. Like The know? Dark Knight. That was a, a I Yeah, that was a good was, sequel too. I thought yeah. it was better yeah, than yeah, Batman yeah. Begins, you know? Yeah. And I just saw well, I don't know how I'm gonna mention it, but uh Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah, how was that? It was the sixth one in the series. Honest to God, it was the best action film I've seen in a decade. I have not seen a single Mission Impossible movie with and Tom Cruise. You, it's one of those things where you could probably see this and enjoy it, but there was some stuff I had to research when I got home. But uh, 
for being 50-something, Tom Cruise has still got it. And Yeah, I saw the video of him breaking his ankle. And he st- and they kept it. I saw it. Yeah. I was like, I was with my girlfriend. I was like, hey, watch this. And you see it. And he even kind of limps off. Yeah. But then the next scene, he kind of looks like he shakes his foot and keeps going. They didn't like, but they just kept it. And he ran on a broken ankle for a few seconds. He's He's a champ. He's like, no, I don't think there's an actor who like sacrifices their body as much. Maybe Keanu Reeves. Maybe that's it. Have you seen his training for John Wick movies? Yeah, and apparently they're filming John Wick um, three. Three. Hey, that's a good one. Wait, ha- have you two. seen John Wick two? Uh, no, I have not. I haven't either. Let's go watch John Wick two. Oh, thank God, because I heard good things about that. Yeah. Okay. All right, John Wick two coming up. Uh, hopefully, we'll, we'll do it quicker than we got this one out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully soon. How about next Sunday, John Wick two? Yeah, that works for me. All right, and catch us on uh, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. And you can follow us at twitter.com slash theothermovies. And if you think there's a better way to get this out, let us know as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we, we like fan interaction. We don't get a lot of it, but we like it. Oh, and September 24th, what's going on? Uh, we have another barbershop show. We're Nine. comedians, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are uh, doing it at Hendry's Barbershop on September 24th in Hamilton, Ontario, at 8 p.m. at 661 Barton Street East, featuring headliner... Manola Santonis. Santanos. Whatever. <laughs> Manolas. He's a local yeah. legend. He's on... Manoli. Manoli. He's on uh, Funny 820 on Fridays. Yeah, Friday at 420 is the name of the yeah. show. And we got some other great comedians. Uh, we got uh, another local guy, uh, Matt Serena. Yep. Shout out to Matt. I work with him a lot. Christopher Adaranti. Good guy. He was on our show. Nice. Uh, is there any? Yeah, Chris was on. Is there anybody else we want to mention that's on this show? No, just come on out. Yeah, come on out. Um, you can find that if you type in comedy at Hendry's, H-E-N-D-R-Y, on uh, Facebook, or you should just come out. It's a free show. There's craft beer. Dave and I are hosting. We'll see you there. Yeah. You can't get a haircut while the show's on, but you can definitely book a haircut while you're there. Kev Sheeler, James Butler. Jam easy. And jam easy. MC jam easy. All right. We'll see you all. Bye-bye. Thanks.